The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Farmer, psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner. Hello again, this is Dr. Stephen Farmer <laughs> and uh, welcome to the podcast, Healing for Your Soul. And we're covering a number of topics as well as uh, some just excellent guests. And I have a dear friend of mine who lives as has been said down under in other words he's from australia and he lives in australia and we met many years ago and we've maintained a, cor- a correspondence since then and i i think we have a mutual admiration society going on between us here i have a great we do uh some work uh definitely overlap some work that he does is similar to the work that i do and um i want you to meet scott alexander king hey scott Welcome. How are you, Stephen? Good to see you, or good to hear you. Yeah, good to, <laughs> at the same time, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to uh, just uh, read the bio, you know, for so the listeners can get some acquaintance with you, and then we'll just go from there. Mm-hmm. Scott is an author, a prolific author, I might add, teacher, public speaker, psychic medium, practitioner of earth medicine, and zoomancer. Zoomancer. That's right. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get we'll get Scott to explain that a little bit, but. A zoomancer is an individual that examines the habits and appearances of animals to help explain or reveal the future path of other people. And as far as he knows, he's the only zoomancer in Australia. <laughs> Maybe, unless this is very dated, you know, and then we'll see. Uh, having spent almost two years training daily under a medicine healer and with 13 publications currently on the international market, all centered on animal symbolism, totemism, and spirit animals scott calls his path animal dreaming a shamanic path that directly draws upon the wisdom symbolism and medicine ways of animals Uh, scott lives in the picturesque subtropical northern rivers northern rivers located 30 minutes inland from new south wales iconic byron bay which i've seen beautiful beautiful area and he lives with his wife, three children, and a menagerie of rescued animals, including, uh, I remember this, including a camel, a miniature donkey, Shetland ponies, and alpacas, and who knows what else. You know? Yes. <laughs> and you can find out more about Scott. I think you'll enjoy uh, hearing what Scott has to say. We're just going to talk about a few things, get acquainted. And I do invite you and encourage you to check out his website, Animal Dreaming dot com animal dreaming dot com anyway scott again once again thank you and welcome welcome to the thank podcast. you Stevens, for the privilege to be here 
Now, Zoomancer, I thought, you know, that was an interesting mm-hmm. title and very likely you're the only one in Australia, correct? Yeah. Well, I don't, yes. Well, I, I'm the only one who does it like this, I think. But, you know, that name, I didn't know what to call myself for so many years because I would be on, invited to be on radio or, or, or you know, or be interviewed on this and be interviewed on that. And then they would all assume that I was an animal communicator. They all assumed mm. that I would talk to the animals and I many times caught out, you know, being on, sitting there in the, in the, in the, in the studio at the radio station and they bring in a cat or something and ask me to talk to it. But of course, that's not my strength. That's, I mean, I can't, but that's not what I do. And so I had to find a way of describing to differentiating me between an, that and an animal communicator. And the only word that was, that I could find was zoomancer because it's it is actually an old divination technique where you look to the mm. movements of animals to it's like any sort of mancy like cartomancy it's like it's it's a form of divination and that's obviously what it is that I practice because that's what I do I help people I mean there's lots of things that I do but that's the main thing where I help people find their way by acknowledging or talking about the animals that they've encountered leading up to that moment where we meet. And those animals tell me everything I need to know to better help them. It's weird. Yeah, it's not, it, it, do the, it's the animals or the spirit animals? Because it's physical it animals. Like you were, yeah, the physical, it's the physical, the, the appearance of physical animals as far as the, the zoomancy goes. Yeah, so okay. for example, if, if someone, um, like we're, often when someone comes to me for a consultation of some sort or we're chatting, I'll often ask them, what are the animals, what animals have you seen in the last 24 hours? And they'll tell me, then I'll be able to put those animals, the symbology of those animals sort of create like a little story. And I don't Mm. know how it happens. And I translate it into a message. Interesting. Yeah. And you do these, you do private consultations in this way as well, Yes, I I do readings. Yes. But that's, yeah, that's basically what it, um, consultations is basically Mm. what happens when they, you know, they come tell me what's going on what animals they've encountered and I tell them what's going on based on those animals. Yeah. It I don't like, know how you know, it happens, Stephen. It just happens. It just happens in my head. Yeah. Well, yeah. my question, the question that naturally comes is, well, how did this evolve? You know, were you like some people oh, that were like five years old and they could see, you know, dead people and stuff like yeah. that. I just, so how did, I mean, how obviously did, how did I, you get started with it? Well, you know, as, as, as it happens, it, it did, it just evolved on its own because I started to recognize patterns. I started to recognize that for certain situations, certain animals would appear and I started to group them. So someone might say, oh, you know, I saw a dog and I saw a cat. And then the first question I have is what sort of dog, what sort of cat, like what color was the cat? Was it a long hair, a short hair? Was it a purebred? Was it a crossbreed? Because all that helps as well. Like it all adds to the, adds to the story. Yeah, I don't, I don't then, know how it happens, Stephen. I, don't, I, don't, I truly, I, all I know is that over time, I just noticed patterns. I just noticed these little patterns that I can't mm. even tell you what those patterns were because it's so subliminal. It's so, in, it's in me. I can't, I can't, it's like speaking or breathing. I, I can't explain to you how I do that. I it understand, just does. yeah. Yeah, there yeah is no I word. understand. I think yeah. there, there, there's a way, I think. My brain um, just computes it. I can't, it just yep. goes ding, 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 and then I, that's how it happened. Yeah. It's like getting your usual self out of the way. Totally. You know, it's, it, yeah. Or spontaneously it happens, like you said, yeah. rather than, you know, setting an intention. Okay, ego, over here. You know, yeah. sit over here, you know, stay there for a few days. I feel yeah, a shift. Yeah. Right. I do feel a shift come over me. I feel a calmness come over me. 
and then it just all makes sense. I don't know if, yeah, I, I don't know how That's, to describe it. I think there's probably a lot of people listening right now that could go, oh, okay, I, yes, I, I, can, I, can, uh, I can grok that, I can understand yeah. that, you know, that yeah. makes sense, you know. Because I work with a lot of psychic mediums, and that's that's similar to what they would say is that something else comes in, you know, something else enters in. The moment I start to try and figure it out, the moment I start to try and analyze it, it gets all blurry. It it just Mm. becomes confused because I'm trying to make it something that it's not wanting to be. I guess. Hmm. Do you teach others how to do this? Yes. Um, and it takes practice because you've got to remember I've been doing this since I was a child. I'm now 54. So I've been doing it pretty much every day my whole life. And the more you practice something, obviously, the better you get at it. But I have been, and I have had to, I have consciously, once I realized what I was able to do, I consciously practiced it. I've, I've, put, I've put myself in situations where, like I would be sitting at the cafe, for example, and I would see someone and we'd just start chatting and then, I would ask them and specifically ask them, so what animals have you seen? They'd say, why? And I'd say, I'm just, just curious. And then I would tell them what those animals meant, just as a way of testing myself to, to strengthen my abilities, I guess. I don't do that anymore because people call that stalking now. But <laughs> Who's that fellow at Starbucks, you know? That... Yeah, that's a like, <laughs> creepy guy that asks personal questions. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, then, yeah, that invites people to come over and then, you know. Tells them all this weird stuff, you know, about animals yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I did. St- I have stopped doing it that way, but it was about practicing. I needed to know it was real. I needed to know that it was something mm-hmm. that was legitimate. It wasn't just me making stuff up or, as you said before, allowing my ego to get in. I didn't get in the way. I didn't want it to be that. So I had to make sure that this was something that was legit because no one taught me. It just happened. I, I understand. You know, I've mm. seen you in action. Mm. You know, I, I, I don't know that listeners know I've been to Australia um, mm. a couple of times. And I know at your behest, this uh, most recent visit about three or four years ago was uh, at your behest. In other words, you invited me. Yes. And uh, we went to uh, the Mind Body Expo, I believe it was. Mind Body Spirit you did Festival, a present- yeah. That's right. Yeah, you did a presentation there, and uh, mm. excellent. You know, people would mm. talk about their animals, and you'd go mm. blah. You and I don't know how. It some... just happens. It just comes in, and I it know. doesn't seem to matter what animal they throw at me. <laughs> it's like it just. I just. It, I like to believe the animals tell me what to say, but I'm not sure if that really is the case because <laughs> you know, if I just say, "Oh, it's just coming in," it just comes in. You know, people like to think the animals are talking to me, but I don't really know how it happens. I don't really know. It just, it's a computer in my brain thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you said, Scott, that you, um, you essentially, since you were a child, that yes. you were able to do this, even though you didn't necessarily have instruction or teaching or anyone saying, hey, this is how you do it. It was just something that yeah. was like, I knew, you know, when you're, you, dive into a swimming pool, you know instinctively to hold your breath. Like it's not, you don't just keep breathing. And this, and it was the same with mm-hmm. this. I knew this was something I had to do. It was something that I had to listen to. It was so natural for me to do that. And then yeah. from there, when you became an adult, mm. at what point did you feel the calling, you know, to make it your profession? Well, there was a, a tragic event actually that took place. That's there was a there was a moment, a turning point 
that I realised this wasn't something that everyone could do because actually what that's what I thought. I thought it was something that everyone could do. I thought it was like natural that everyone did this. No one spoke mm-hmm. about it, so I just assumed <laughs> that they're all just doing it. Um, like yeah. breathing, you don't talk about the, the, the miracle of breathing. You know, like, I just mm. took a breath in. I just took a breath out. I just took a breath in. No one talks like that. So I just assumed that this was something that everyone did. But it was It was really, there was a, there was a tragic accident and um, people that I love very much were killed and I found the accident. And it was just that turning, oh. this critical turning point moment where I thought, and, and weirdly when I was at the accident scene, I could hear them calling mm-hmm. my name. And it was like I went looking for them and they showed me. They, they showed me through my dreams and they they showed me what I was doing that was special. And it's and it was not long after that that I met an, an elder who took me under her wing and helped me to – but she never once spoke about the animals. She was speaking about earth medicine. She was speaking about shamanism. She was speaking about all these other principles. And the animal part of me just woke up and it just started to make sense. And she was talking about totems and things like that, but it was more – I figured this out for myself. This came to me. From a, I like to say it comes from a very, very ancient place, but I don't know mm. where that is or when that was. I don't really know how it works, but it just – and I do feel, I do feel um, overwhelmed by it sometimes because I am the only one that I've ever met that does it like this. Well, a lot of people talk about symbolism and animals and a lot of people talk about totems and they write about such things like yourself. Like we all write about them because we love them so much. We love the concepts and principles, but – I don't know anyone who, and it freaks me out a little bit. It worries me that I'm the only one that knows how to do this because if we all did this, if we were all able to do this naturally, we wouldn't be so confused. The world wouldn't be so upside down. We would be all working together. We would, all the animals, Mm. all the, you know, I see them as equals to me. I don't see them as being different to me, I guess, and that's the difference. I'm not, I don't say I live like an animal, but I certainly admire the way the animals live. <laughs> well, from one uh, indigenous tradition, my understanding that is uh, even if the native language were translated into English, it would say animal people. Yes. Well, or I the refer- plant people. That's right. You know, that implies there is absolutely a relationship that... Um, I think it's been subjugated, you know, and in, in other words, it's been not really allowed or we don't think that way typically well, in Western culture is that we're, we're intimately related with all beings on earth. It's even in the Bible. It talks about looking to the animals for wisdom and, the, you know, for guidance because the, the animals will teach you and the, you know, and the, and the birds of the air, the fowls of the air, they'll guide the, you know, guide us in the earth. She'll protect us and provide for us. It says it in the Bible. Mm. And, you know, I I believe that when I read that, I believed it, and and I've raised my kids to actually say, you know, with the understanding that there's many, 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 many people on the planet. Only a few of them are human, though. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. They're yeah, all yeah, our brothers yeah. and sisters. Like the trees. Like my kids, when they were little, they called them the standing people because they didn't move and they stood there and they were the ancient ones. And my, I remember my son asking me. You know, Dad, does the do the trees get bored standing still so long? You know, they just stand there forever. Do they get bored? Yeah. You know, and so we yeah. had a big discussion about that and how they don't get bored. You know, and how everyone has a role and everyone has a, has a space to fill, and we all support each other. And 
those trees aren't lonely because they've got so many other people to talk to. Right. Yeah. It's a, no, it's a wonderful way it Go is on. one yeah. one experience I had, Scott, was a, and this is a several years ago. Um, I leaned my back up against this tree, uh-huh. and again, I wasn't. Um, how would I say it? I didn't. I didn't think. Well, let's see if there's a message from the tree, no. or you know, so I no nothing like that. I just leaned back against the tree, and I got this, and it was both a feeling as well as that inner voice. Yes, it was a sensation in my body, uh, coupled with the inner voice, and it said, "It takes a year for the tree to breathe." Wow! And then I stepped away from the tree, and I thought, "Wow, you know, wow." Well, it makes sense logically too—an entire right. year going through all of the seasons. That's right. So anyway, that that, that the world is alive, you know. There's this yeah. very, 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 very thin veil separates us as physical beings i truly believe from the rest of the world <laughs> because the animals they seem to like you see all the birds you know those those murmurations of sparrow um, starlings you know you see them all flying together yeah they're not one there's not there's they don't always sort of start saying okay guys let's turn on count of three let's turn because there's right, going to yeah. be some it's going to be one idiot in the flock that says now is that you know one two three turn or do we you know do, when do we turn on you know, <laughs> they don't do that <laughs> they don't do that they all just know now turn now and they all have the same thought and they all turn but they all turn in a different way to create these amazing swirling I, oh i just think nature oh, yeah, is yeah i astounding. can see it as you yeah. as you describe it i can see it as well it's so magic Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Yeah, I think the, the beauty of something like that, you know, even as you describe it, Scott, I, I can see it. You know, it's the like dance. magic to me. Yeah, it's miraculous it really is. and it yeah. makes me feel, I get very emotional when I see yeah. nature creating, yeah. like just doing something spontaneous and beautiful just purely for the sake of it. It's like, it's like art. You know, you see someone creating beautiful art and it takes your breath away or you see a magnificent car go down the road, you know, because to me car, like a beautiful sports car, it's like art. And then I see the same or a beautiful person, like someone who's just incredibly good looking, you know, who've got this this energy that emanates from them. I, I see those things and then I, I think, I think how lucky are we to live on a planet that, you know, showcases beauty so freely and the animals are so happy to demonstrate that. Like you see their feathers and you see their, like the way they stand, just these moments, like I see a stag, you know, like a stag just standing with its head up and its chest out. That moment, it's so, it just takes my breath away and it makes me cry <laughs> because yeah. of the beauty, you know what I mean? It's, we're so lucky and fortunate. And by the way, people who are beautiful don't have to be Brad Pitts. I'm not talking about physical appearance. I'm talking about the way they present themselves, the way that they show themselves, like this glow that comes out of some people. And you just think we're so fortunate to live in a in a place in a world that is so freely giving of its beauty. Like I, 
Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, here, I'm really happy to be. You know, like, I know that about you too. I've experienced you that that yeah. you really are 150 percent sincere. Mm. You know, with your love, with your care, mm. with. And I've got a little dog knocking at the door here. Yeah, let's see. I would just be going on the podcast. Dog in. That's right. I'm going to let my little puppy dog in. Here yes. We go. Uh, anyway, my apologies for that. That's a good well, that's voice. what this is all about. I mean, like you can't expect yeah. we're talking about animals and, yeah. and nature, and you've got a, a, an ambassador you, waiting to come in. <laughs> what I I remember. Well, I want to come back to something in that I read in the bio. A camel? Yes. Well, a miniature to, donkey? <laughs> we, Stephen, we um, we we recently moved, so I, unfortunately, I I've had to rehome a lot of the animals. But the camel, she was something that came to me because she was going to be turned into dog food, and uh-huh. I had to rescue her. I couldn't let that happen. And Australia, with Central Australia, we're we're the only place really in the world now that has wild um camels like the, those particular one humped wow. camels the dromedaries we're, we're the only one so we actually um there's thousands tens of thousands of them living in central australia which is all desert hmm. and they bring them in regularly and um, to to cull the numbers of them out in the wild and they they deprocess them for human consumption as well but now they've started to um milk them so there's an industry that's coming out of it but we rescued this one particular camel her name was ruby she was such an amazing animal and she was so strong and proud and she she formed a strong friendship with our donkey our miniature donkey and when it was raining he'd stand underneath her to protect him from the weather and he would he would bite on the backs of her legs to massage her legs and she would let him do that just to you know, they had a, a very strong relationship, but we were very, very fortunate. And we also had a pet fox, and we had peacocks, and we had um, geese and chickens and ducks and all sorts of other animals as well, but all rescued. Most of them, or 90% of them were rescued. I, I can only imagine what it would be like to rehome them, you know, to... It was difficult. Because you've had to move a couple of times in the last yes. few years. Yes. Well, we were in Lisbon where the floods happened too. So we, you know, we right. knew our time was limited there anyway. But yeah, we, we have moved since then and we're very happy here in Queensland now. But um, the animals obviously still come. Well, we had a quail, a wild quail appear in our little backyard here. And we've had, we had a, a falcon um, come and sit on the back fence. So we've still got the animals visiting us. And where we're living now is not an area that you would expect to see such animals turn up but they still they still come because they know that they're welcome here and they know that our, all our consciousness and thought is about reaching out to them even oscar my youngest son like he's obsessed with animals obsessed mm. and they come to him like he'll see things that a lot of people miss because he's aware of he's, he knows to look like he's aware of his his vision extends to include the animals where a lot mm. of people don't have that ability to see them they just don't notice them. it's just natural for him for yeah. oscar yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, much like you said about yourself, you know, it just uh, started yeah. to happen, and and he's starting to he's starting to learn the language. He's starting to learn the symbolism. He's starting to recognise. He, I, I gave him a set of my um, oracle cards um, a little while back. They've got a new de- a new set that's just come out, and he said, "Oh, Dad, these these cards, there's something weird about them." He said, "They're like magic." He said, "Because you know, I pull a card and it exactly talks about what's happening in my life on." on the day that I pull the card. So that's what's meant to happen. 
but he's he started to tweak. He started to see the. He started to realize. He started to see the connection between the arrival and the appearance of animals and events that are happening in his life, and he's already starting to know that he can navigate his way through life by listening to the voice. That's how I see it: the voice of the Earth Mother, which is what the animals are to me. To me, mm. they represent the voice. She's speaking to us when that happens. We, it's rude not to listen. You know, I've raised my kids to always listen when people are talking to them, and it's no different. The Earth Mother, she's our mother. We must be her children, otherwise why would we call her our mother? And yeah. so she's speaking to us and the animals in our life, in our world, are the, are the voice that we listen for. And he's starting to learn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a natural progression, but he's figuring it out. He's, it's coming to him and he's, it's all making sense. Yeah, yeah. How old is Oscar? He's 13 now. 13, okay. Yeah. Just well, two. Well, yeah. Well, he's got a good man. Yeah, mentor. I'm glad because I'm not a teacher. I can't. I can't teach this really. And you asked me before, do I teach people? I don't. I help people remember because it all comes down to remembering. I can't teach something that doesn't want to be taught. You know, <laughs> I can't yeah. teach people to breathe. I can't teach people to, you know, to see beauty. I can't teach them that. I've got to. They've got to remember or want to want to remember as well. That's the trick. Right. Mm. Uh, well stated. I uh, recall a mentor, a dear man who's ancestor now, that um, I w actually was going to therapy after a, a tumultuous time in my life. But I can't say that it was really therapy. It was more yeah. like visiting a wise elder. That's right. <laughs> his yes. name, he, even his name was Paul Fairweather. Oh, what a great last name, huh? Dr. Fairweather. Yeah. That's right. It doesn't Fairweather. suggest negativity anyway, he, at all. <laughs> He said something one time that always stayed with me. I've got about five or six quotes, you know, that come up from time to time about, that Paul said when we basically have conversations about stuff. And he, he kind of went off one time and he started ranting. He says, you know, all this stuff we do, Stephen, you know, this uh, we do therapy and we do encounter trainings and do workshops and trainings. And he just looks at me you know, with his furrowed eyebrows and this intensity that he would have. And he'd say, I think it's all help to, just to help us remember who we really are. Yeah, I totally along agree with the you. lines of what. Yeah, yeah, and, and you have uh, you have to forgot. want to remember, Stephen. Like someone can't make you remember right. something; they can't, because yeah. you store it all within you. It's all in your cells. Like it's all you know. It's it's stored in there, and and the only way yeah. they find it is to access those. You know, like it's it's a physical memory. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, I, I was out this morning, you know, uh, pulling a lot of weeds. Actually, we got a fair amount of rain. So, you know, yeah. weeds like the rain in yeah. my, uh, yet to be a garden. You know, we're, of course, into spring now where you guys are in the fall, you know, yeah. entering into the fall, the early season. But I got to tell you, as I reflect on it just now, as we're talking about it, as I had, you know, barefoot hands in the dirt. Yeah. And I was in love. Mm. That's the best way I could say it, just feeling totally present. I mean, come on, my last name is Farmer, so it's in the genes somewhere, you know, in the DNA. But the, See, and that's, that's a memory. Yeah, that's a memory. <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, it's exactly the act and the experience of getting my feet dirty and my hands dirty. I don't even want to say it that way. Getting my hands and feet in the, in dirt. the land. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in the dirt, in the land, in order to nurture something that would be edible. Ultimately, that's what I'm Aiming and, and were you pondering and were you remembering things? Like were things coming to you while you were doing that? Because it's like a meditation. It's like yes, the perfect, it is. It yeah. was 
uh, like one thing is um, that struck me as certain weeds that I was pulling up, and I was there's a lot of them there. I got four of these planter boxes out front uh -huh. here in a fairly well, a very suburban neighborhood. You know, yeah. it's not not a lot of acreage or anything like that. Yeah. And I put them there because they get direct sunlight, mm -hmm. you know, whereas the backyard doesn't. Anyway, far too many details. But my my experience of putting my hands in the dirt, it's not even a thought like, oh, I'm going to have to clean my fingernails, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm all done or anything. It was just like pulling the roots out, mm. you know, getting and digging into the roots, you know, in itself had a pretty powerful symbolism. Yes. You know, exactly. to stay rooted. Sure. You know, here's, a, here's a, an experience of working with the rootedness so it was a reminder to me to stay rooted you know to stay closer close to the land as best i can you know and, and living in a suburban lake. block it'd be difficult because the space just doesn't allow for the growing of big trees or you know so yeah. and, and it's that yeah. and it's that you think oh, I'm, I'm only pulling weeds it's it's so not an only experience you're communing with no, the earth not. mother you're you know my kids, I've raised them to see, okay, so we're sort of like trimming her hair. We're giving her a haircut. We're, you know, oh, giving her a sprucer. And that's, and that's so that it's very much about, to me, it's, see, I, where we live now, it's a very small block as well. We, we've on a, we're, we used to be on acreage and now we're on a regular block because of health and stuff. You know, I couldn't maintain like I once could or the land. But we're sure. making the most of it here. And I tell you what, nature... She has a fine. She finds a way. She has a way of reaching out to those who are wanting to listen. She'll find you, and and if it means okay, Stephen, you need to build yourself vegetable, you know, raise vegetable garden right here or whatever. She'll get to you. She'll make you interact with her. She'll make you do it. You have no choice. Boy, I'll tell you, yeah. yeah, just just looking at the weeds, I didn't look at them with contempt or oh my god, they're just weeds or. But they're never weeds, Stephen. Like, like they're not weeds. No, that, that, yes, I, exactly. Yeah. You know, it was like. Well, naturally, you know, there's yeah. been plenty of rain, you know, and we've That's had, right. uh, we're famous, you know, for droughts and earthquakes and such like that here in California. Yeah. <laughs> and fires, you know. Let's see, like that's next. Yeah, is it, what season is it? It's fire season. That's oh, right. okay, thanks. Yeah, like Australia, exactly. exactly. You know, we have flood season, we have, we have the <laughs> storm season, we have cyclone season, we have fire season. And they do, do you have earthquakes, though? We've started here with had a few earth tremors. I mean, the whole east coast of Australia is volcanic, so it, I, I can't imagine oh, wow. that, it's gonna, that it's not going to become that way in time. But we have had a lot of um, weird, strange, un, un, you know, not documented before earth tremors in places that we've yeah. been before. So it's happening, but yeah, I hope that's not, not like California, which is famous. For it. <laughs> I'm yeah, we are definitely. It's crazy. Why do you live there? <laughs> Well, it's a good question. You know, mostly Southern California, mostly it's the weather. It's you know, it's it's sunny and it's beautiful and uh, the land is the land, you know. And, of course, we're going to have experiences like that. It doesn't matter where you live. No, it doesn't you know, matter where you live. If we lived in Africa or something, you know, we'd have something to contend with, which would be the force of Mother Nature. That's right. You know, just the way it is. And she's cleaning things up, you know. I like she's really. So. Uh, doing a cleaning job right now mm -hmm. and uh i think we all feel it we can all all uh um i think we can either work my, with it or we can fight against it that's how i say it yeah. well stated well stated so yeah working with it is i believe doing uh, learning to do the things that you do and yes you know like you said it's hard to explain it's hard but obviously you inspire people you know well, to pay attention a, 
they feel like they've yeah. come home. They feel like they've returned to a place that they didn't hadn't even realized that they'd wandered away from. Yeah. 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 yeah back home. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, back totally home. back home. Not just right. not just a physical action, but back home, mm. somewhere in our heart and in our bodies, back home. That's right. That's why I love I love going barefoot. You know, I'm so glad for our season here. You know, in the northern hemisphere right now, because oh, good, all these shoes that I would have to wear, I feel like I would have to wear. I get to go barefoot. Yay! I never wear and, shoes ever. Yeah, ever. Good it's, for you, man. I'm gonna yeah. have to. I'm gonna. I'm going to take you up on that one. Yeah. Well, the only time I've, I've, I've got shoes, Stephen, seriously, the only time I wear my shoes is when I'm on in doing a presentation or I'm on stage or something. Like right this minute, I'm in bare feet. I don't have shoes on. I can't bear yeah. the thought. I feel claustrophobic. I feel like I'm suffocating. Yeah, yeah. Well, it disconnects you to some extent. Totally. You know, it puts a layer between you and, and the land. That's right. Yeah. So you mentioned um, that you have a new publication. You said Oracle Cards? Yes, um, called the Creature Teacher Cards. I wrote them specifically for kids, but of course we're all children at heart, Stephen, so we can all use them. We've all been children at some point. We're still children. I mean, I'm 54, but I still feel like a kid. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, when I was out there in the dirt, I was was not my age. No, that's right. (laughs) Touched too much. Yeah, uh, you only realize you, you are of a certain age when you try and dig a hole <laughs> or you try to lift that bucket of that bucket of um, soil or something. You think, oh, I can't do that as well as I used to be. Able to. Or yeah, you're or, sitting down low enough to actually do the weeding. <laughs> yes, you know, and then standing up and go, and getting dizzy and <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> that, yeah. ha- that did that did happen today. That did happen. I went, oh, I guess I better. Stand up a little bit slower there. Yeah, that's right. I'm not 12 Steven. years old anymore. <laughs> not, not anymore, you know, except inside. You know, I'm In your very heart. young inside. So the yeah. Creature Teacher cards were written to help us remember the innocence of childhood, but it was also I wrote them specifically for kids so that they, you know, not every child has someone they can turn to. Not everyone has someone they trust enough to go to and oh, I wish they all did, but they don't to have someone they could turn mm-hmm. to for advice. And I tell you what, if I had cards like that when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't have been so confused or broken as an adult because I would have had something to. So anyway, I've written these cards. They're all animals um, and they talk about all sorts of different subjects and they offer all sorts of different um, um, insights and guidance. And, and yeah, they're written and they're round. I wanted them to be round. Huh for the circle of life and, you know, what goes around comes around and all the things in nature moves in a circle. Seasons work in a circle. We grow in a circle. We we go from being a child through to an adult to being an elder, back to being a child again. We, you know, we, we, our whole life, birds build their nests in circles. Everything works in a circle. And, um, you know, our life cycles, we often depict them in a circle you know, the cycle of a frog, we draw it in a circle. So I wanted the kids to understand that just because something might be happening today doesn't mean to say it's going to be happening tomorrow because we have to go through a cycle. In order to get to tomorrow, we have to go through the night time and, you know, after every night time the sun comes up and it's symbolic of a chance to start over or do something in a different way or to approach a situation in a different way. And that's what the cards are designed to do, help kids to take control yeah. of their own thinking and their own decision-making and their own sense of self-esteem and self-worth and all those sorts of things instead of 
waiting for someone else to tell them who they are and what they should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded as you're talking about the circle is the Celtic wheel of the year. That's you know, right. It's not done. It's not viewed as something linear. No, it's not. You know, that it really is a circle or a cycle. That's you know, right. That completes itself, you know, after a, a one year run around That's right. uh, the sun, actually, you know, the earth going around the sun. That's a That's good correct. example of that. Yeah. yeah and the, and everything, everything of nature works in a circle. I've, I've yeah. you know, I've just, something i've just acknowledged since i was a kid because if if it, you know our, even our planet's round <laughs> so you know we look at it that well 99 percent of the population believes it's round some believe it's flat but <laughs> yeah i like to think that it's round i may be yeah, wrong flat. Yeah. yeah well if it's a flat earth it's probably still a circle or a disc there's you know? some <laughs> it's there's something there holding everything together it's, yeah, it's like a dinner plate you lay it down flat it's still a circle yeah um, I, before we uh, finish, I wanted to ask you about your training because you said two years that you were training with an elder. Yes. And I just, I'm curious, I'd like uh, the listeners yeah. to well, hear it, some it, about that. It all happened quite by chance. I didn't set out to find an elder because, let's face it, they're quite rare. <laughs> yeah. They're not something, yeah. that, you know, they're, they're not standing on the street corners anymore, like, you know, everywhere. We've, there's someone you have to really know anyway so I found this woman by chance I just and it just I walked into a general store and there was a little business card and she'd written on the back of the business card inviting people to come and make a dream catcher with her so I took the business card and I went home and I rang her up and I went to the workshop it was just like a little workshop and I was the only one there because I took her business card off the pin board. It was, it was all mm. before internet and all that stuff. Anyway, I, I sat with her and I made my dream catcher, which is what I was there to do. But my mind, because I've got a, I like to say I've got a curious mind. I have a curious mind. I don't, I can't just look at something and accept it for what it is. I've got to ask questions to understand it. So she had a lot of artifacts and different things like that in her home. And I would just ask, I asked about them and I just felt this calmness as she was talking, because she spoke in a certain tone, like she had this tone that made me feel instantly calm. And she explained to me that she'd spent time training under elders in New Zealand and here in Australia, up north, in the northern parts of Australia with the Aboriginal elders up there. And then she had this strong feeling to go across to the States and she spent quality time over there with the elders there from Alaska down to New Mexico. And when she came home, she just knew that she had to share what she had and and I turned up on her doorstep. Wow. So so she took me under her wing and for about two years she systematically pulled me apart. Like she really she said, if you want to have if you want to know what it is you're seeking, we have to find out, you know, like what's stopping you from knowing it. You know, we need because <laughs> there's a reason for why I didn't know who I was. And so she just with medicine, prayer, pipe ceremony, vision quest, um, just sometimes just reading. She would give me something to read because she was a mum, like she had kids. So, And I was there every day from dawn right through to well after dark, pretty much every day for those two years. And she just kept inviting me back, inviting me back. And then one day I knew I didn't have to go back because I just I just knew I had enough information. But during that oh, whole yeah. time, she literally pulled me apart and then she gave me the tools to put myself back together again. And hmm. I'll never forget that experience. And the, so everything, everything I do now... Everything I do now is to pay forward. Like I, 
she gave me that knowledge. She gave, she saved my life. I kid you not. She literally saved my life because mm. I was at a point in my life where I was so broken. I didn't really even know whether I was meant to be here or not anymore. And mm. she gave me the tools to um, find my way. And that's what I've been helping other people ever since because I want to pay it forward. I've been given this information for a reason. I felt like I was being downloaded. Like she was, everything she said, I had a place to put it. I can't explain mm. it. It all made sense. Everything. It was like, it wasn't training. It was more like a, well, she, well, she called it an apprenticeship. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it yeah. was a very powerful time and we talked about all sorts of things. And um, I've remembered every single word. She's she's forgotten a lot of the things that she taught me. We've spoken about it a lot. She says, I don't remember telling you that. It's like, well, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't be. But, it, but she would t tell me things in a way that said, like she didn't just say, this is the truth. And she just didn't say, okay, so you've got to remember that. She would tell me things and then give me the space to explore it for myself to come up with my own conclusions and often my perception of things was totally different to hers but being that she was pardon me being that she was an amazing teacher she often took what i had to say on board and added it to her own knowledge so we were teaching each other we were healing and helping each mm. other and um i'll never ever 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 forget the opportunity that she gave me because it changed my what life a blessing. yeah yeah, yeah. And she was, and I was yeah. the only person that she ever did that with. Never ever helped anyone else. It was just me. Wow, what a happy accident! It was brilliant, you know? and it was an accident that caused it all. That was that this accident. These two, the two kids that were like brothers to me, were killed, and I found them, and it just put me on this path. And that the accident happened just around the corner from the general store that I found the business card. It was all meant to be. Wow, I kid you not. Yeah. It was all. Yeah. I just wish it hadn't had to have been triggered by something quite so tragic because it affected a lot oh, of, of course, people. Yeah. But um, I, I've lived <clears> my life with the promise that I would make it all make sense. I would give a purpose, that accident, and I have done. Yeah. yeah. You've done a great job. Yeah. Thank you. Bless you, man. Yeah. Bless you. Yeah. Yeah, Thank I you. think that uh, there are so many people that I've talked to that often an event such as that That's was right. – turned out to be a springboard, you know, for movement. And I think your memory and your story <clears throat> of having lived through that tragedy and then happening and just happened to walk into that store and pick up the business. Just happened. And, yeah. yeah I <laughs> and, and I wasn't I even story. intending to go there that day. So it wasn't really accidental. Obviously I was guided there. I swear I was pushed through the door. I was right. I was taken by the hand and led in there. That's what I'll always say. Yeah. Well, Scott, you're preaching to the choir. I understand <laughs> that totally. You know, yeah, we do things. We go. They don't. A lot of times, I don't think it makes sense until later, and you go, oh, totally. Yes, that's yeah. why that. Okay. Now it makes it. sense. You know, yes. Now it makes sense. Where at the time it was just like, huh. Well, I'm going to go check this lady out. You know, yeah. and find out what's going on. And when well, I when uh, I knocked on the door, she said to me, oh, that, that 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 was quick," is what she said, because she was obviously <laughs> she because it wasn't that yeah like she knew I was coming, but she didn't know to expect me. That's what it felt like. <coughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you, and, and thank you again for being a, a guest here. And I oh, I want people to pleasure. everybody who is listening, I would like you to go check at least check out the website animal, yes. animaldreaming.com. 
Thank you. And this is a man that I love deeply as a brother. I, and uh, Scott, I want to say that to you directly. Yes. Too. I love you deeply as and a I brother. I love you very much too, like a brother, right. Stephen. Yeah. We've had, very privileged we've had some great opportunities to uh, hang out together, which, yeah. we, you know. And we need yeah. to do it again soon. We need to We need to get you to come back to Australia. I'll come over to California. I, one or I'm, the other. I'm there, you know. <laughs> yeah. fact, uh, I don't want to just say that. I'd really yeah. like to. Yeah. Let me let me process that a little yeah. bit. See yeah. How, yeah. It, it can be done. It can be done. Totally can be done. So, anyway. Um, thank you. Thank you. Jim. And again, um, I encourage everybody to go to your website, animal, animaldreaming.com, if I can say it right, animaldreaming.com. And I will learn to articulate <laughs> a little better. <laughs> I think you're doing a swell job. <laughs> oh, thank you, Scott. All right. Um, so again, I thank you. I can't thank you enough. And uh, I wish you the best and wish you well. Thank you. And take really, uh, I, I don't even need to say this. I would say take good care of the animals, but you're already doing that. You've been <laughs> doing that most care of your of life. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, say hi, to the, say hi to the gang, you know, Trudy and the kids and everybody, okay? All right, you take too. care. Thanks so much, Stephen. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining me, and I hope you join me for future episodes where I'll share some powerful healing practices and meditations, introduce you to some amazing guests and friends of mine who will stop by for some conversation, and on occasion I'll pull some oracle cards from one of my decks and do readings. I'll also share some of my original music that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you like what I'm doing, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to my show page on mindbodyspirit.fm where you can also get the free mobile app to listen to any of my shows or find some new favorites. If you'd like to contact me with questions, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram or send an email to info at drstephenfarmer.com. You can also find lots of material on that website, drstephenfarmer.com, so please feel free to explore. Please also know that by sending a question, you're giving me permission to possibly use it in a future podcast so others may benefit from it. And to close, I'd leave you with the four most important words to take with you. Gratitude, love, compassion, and forgiveness. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.